Those are forms of our standard computing land. It's post rich. If you keep even apart, you can begin to feel very satisfied with yourself. I'm not like those Roman Catholics or those Protestants. They don't know anything about fasting. And then you find yourself in a state of exactly today's comparison. And I'm doing exactly what I should. <coughs> Therefore, when we, no matter what part of the rule of length we keep, there's no idea that I'm, I'm justified. I'm saved because I'm keeping the rule. Or even worse, showing off to other people that you're keeping the rule. It can be a very bad spiritual state when we find ourselves in a state of fasting and praying and somebody is in need or in trouble. And the first thought that might come to our mind is, don't bother me, I'm fasting. Don't bother me, I'm keeping my prayer book. But that is an option. It means you're losing the whole point of things. And then it's also time of feeling sorry for other people. <coughs> One of the activities, by the way, you can do during that very beneficial is to give alms to people. Find out people that need help them out, give them money. That is a very beneficial thing. Fasting together with alms giving. <coughs> the second pitfall is just the opposite. It is being too lax. And it's realizing that Lent is very strict. But I'm very humble, and therefore I don't have to offer any much of a struggle. And it's pretty good that I'm humble, because it's better to be humble and not do much than to uh, be proud and do a lot. And therefore, we don't do anything. We do very little. Of course, that also is no good. We do not offer any struggle at all. And therefore, the meaning of is totally being lost. The one thing to avoid in the whole struggle of Lent is not to be satisfied with himself. And if you are participating in these services with a constant theme of repentance and the constant images of lowly people who are sinners, of course, the more you enter into that, the less inclined you are going to be to be satisfied with yourself. The whole meaning of that is to evoke in the soul a feeling of dissatisfaction. I am a sinner, and it's not a very good state to be in. I want to change it. Therefore, you want me to struggle. And actually, you can say that in the Orthodox Church, the one rule of Lent is that you offer struggle. You offer struggle in the state of repentance and humility. As the particular way in which each person keeps the fast, this must be, each person must find it for himself. You have to be humble about your capacity. For example, when you read that the strictest rule is you don't eat until Wednesday in the first week, some people become on fire, aha, I'm going to keep that fast. And I would say, right now, you better not. It's much better to eat every day some and offer your struggle to God. Because if you fast too much, you're going to have difficulty, very big difficulty. The demons are going to attack you, you're not prepared for that kind of thing. So to eat every day, a little bit, even on the strictest fast days, and offer to God your repentance, that you're sorry for your sins. And the food comes, you find your own measure as you go along. But don't be overdoing it, thinking that you're going to be Right away, like in the state, those people in the Egyptian desert didn't eat for whole weeks at a time. Or when you read that Archbishop John, for example, didn't eat the first week until, except for the communion, <coughs> for the last week. This is a little too much for us. We have to be humble and be more or less like other people. Because nobody today is doing or doing make great struggles like that. And if we're going to be doing extreme struggles, aside of getting into spiritual trouble with ourselves, we're going to be um, too much out of harmony with those around us. So if you find it's very much an encouragement, you find people around us are also struggling. And therefore, according to our own method, we offer our, uh, our struggle to trust. I had a question yesterday 
to a practical nature, which I'll mention as an example. The question was, can one listen to Mozart during Lent? <coughs> very practical question. Mozart is very refined and hot. At the same time, very enjoyable. Therefore, what is the answer? Of course, the strictest answer would be you wouldn't find a set of teenagers listening to Mozart during Lent. Because <laughs> <laughs> we should not listen to Mozart during Lent. Nonetheless, there are occasions which are quite conceivable. It might be good for them to listen to Mozart during Lent. A student in school is exposed to rock and roll, that might be part of his education. Therefore, for him, this is not primarily a matter of entertainment, but a matter of education. And it also happens that our times are so low spiritually that people become so discouraged. It might even happen that a spiritual father might tell someone to listen to Mozart to get him out of his discouragement, and then he can offer a better struggle to Christ. So even something like that, there's no rule. One rule is that you give up what you can give up. You offer your struggle to Christ on your own level. And then you will see the grace of God will come and fill up all your deficiencies. But each year we go through the struggle to find our measure, what we can do, what people around us are doing. The more we find that there is indeed a deep meaning for us. If we enter into the, like, the desert, we offer our struggle to God, and most of all we have in our hearts the idea, Lord, be merciful to me, and if I no good, cast out of paradise, there's no hope for me, there's only one hope, that is, that I have faith in Christ, that there is salvation, then I will begin to offer for the struggle. Then all this, the struggle then achieves me. Now, are there any questions about any of this discussion? <coughs> Okay, uh, if you can't give us something, <clears throat> like, okay, at school you're exposed to a lot of stuff, you know, and you can't, you're having trouble, and your, your teacher decides, well, she's going to do this, how do you help with that kind of thing? Well, you have to find out what you can do. You have to have in your heart you want to give up as much as you can when, when you're in a position of uh, being under someone else, and they force you to do things, you have to be at the same time humble, you have to try your best to offer whatever you can, but if they force you, you have to sort of accept that and offer to God whatever else you can offer, that's all. You make a big point, especially being a young person, you make a big point that, no, I'm not going to, I refuse, I rebel, and it's also not very good. You have to be very humble, and you will see, if you're humble, you ask God, how can I keep the best, the best of my ability? And God will show you which way. And if you fail, they make you eat meat or something like that, then you say, God, be merciful to me. Instead of you with a confession, I had to eat meat, and you do it, and you repent. And that, that also is offering God as a sacrifice. In other ways, you try to do whenever you have free will, you offer the sacrifice to God or whatever you can do. Yes? Yeah. Have the, uh, have the, uh, why don't they have the full liturgy on those days? Why isn't there a full liturgy on weekdays? Because the full liturgy is bound up like it's a feast day. Those two days, they're not feast days, those are the received communion. But it's the actual consecration, it's called the Eucharist, that is the thanksgiving to God, it's a whole other feast. And that kind of celebration is not appropriate for this day or this morning. So you still keep the fast, 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 you still keep the fast. 
during the uh, pre-sanctification liturgy, pre-sanctified liturgy, uh, you mentioned that there's different times. And when should you start abstaining from food if you plan on partaking of communion that day? Midnight the night before. Thank you. 